Coming right up, a special edition of Straight Talk on the Road with guest Randy Record, board chairman of the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, as we continue our 25th anniversary year. Special thanks to the following for their assistance in bringing you this show, the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, the Urban Water Institute, the Coachella Valley Water District, West Basin Municipal Water District, and the Long Beach Water Department. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Thank you and welcome to Straight Talk. We're on the road today. We're down in sunny Palm Springs at the Hotel Hilton. And we're honored to have as our guest for the entire show, the chairman of the board of the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, Chairman Randy Record. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Give us a sense uh, of what the, uh, what the Met does. Well, the Metropolitan Water District is a, a group of agencies that are retailers, 26 in total in Southern California. We came together to uh, <clears throat> provide an opportunity to import water to supplement local supplies. We began with uh, importing water from the Colorado River and then moved later into importing water from the State Water Project from Northern California. And Long Beach was one of the original 13 founding cities of the Met. We now have 26 entities, I understand. That's right. And together, uh, we'll see some of the things, amazing things that the Met has done. Uh, how much of the Southlands water do you supply? We supply about 55% of the Southlands water, about 30% on average from the State Water Project, and about 25% from the Colorado River. Uh, the rest is uh, local supplies. And your water reaches, I understand, about 19 million folks. About half the population of the state, that's correct, about 19 million people. Well, as we know, and everyone at this conference knows, the water is life, and without water, uh, nothing happens, and no LA without what you guys did, really. Right. Well, let's turn to the drought, which is much in the news, uh, almost on a daily basis. Uh, you're not a hydrologist, but you have access to expert opinion. Is, is the drought over, number one? Well, you know, there's a differing opinion on that. I mean, there are people that say we have a water emergency, which I agree with, although I think it's more of a flood emergency at the moment than a <laughs> drought emergency. Um, the drought is never over in California. We rely in Southern California a lot on imported water. We try to make best use of local supplies always and certainly will going forward. But we always need to be conscious uh, that we're using the water supplies that we have in the most beneficial way. Some folks are concerned, uh, including us in Long Beach, uh, and I just state for the record, I'm on the Board of Water Commissions for the, for the city of Long Beach, uh, that, that the term drought is maybe not the right term because a drought suggests a beginning and an end. And as you were just suggesting, we have a continual problem of either uh, under supply or over demand, notwithstanding a drought, separate and apart. And, and just because a drought may be over doesn't mean that people should change their habits. You're exactly right. 
uh, I, I don't know if I'd call it problems as much as opportunities. But as I said, there's a, a, always a requirement that we really look hard at how we're using our water and make best use of it. And I've just learned that the Met has the largest water conservation program in the country, uh, $450 million in over two years you're spending on a variety of programs, uh, and most importantly, turf removal. Tell us about that. Well, it was a, a pretty bold move by the Metropolitan Board. Governor Brown was uh, very uh, concerned about the water situation, as he should have been and still is. Uh, we thought that it was uh, a moment in time where we could really make a statement and maybe change the culture of Southern California forever. Uh, so that was a huge investment that will pay dividends every year, and we truly believe that we'll look back and say that was a turning point. That's when we said we need to do something about uh, the way we're using water, and we're going to help people get there. We're going to help people make the right decision. And I've been very pleased with that program, and I'm really glad that we did it. And we benefit in Long Beach. Uh, Long Beach Water offers through subsidies that you are good enough to provide. Uh, people who want to change their uh, water-guzzling green lawns to drought-tolerant, California-friendly plants, uh, $2.50 a foot, up to 1,000 feet, 2,500 bucks to get your lawn uh, where it should be. Right. Well, turf has a role. Uh, my concern is that the turf we have that we only look at, uh, the only time we walk on it is when we harvest the green waste. That's what needs to go, and so that was a big step in that direction. But we're here in Palm Springs, the golf course <laughs> capital of the world, perhaps, with just a lot of grass everywhere. Uh, we don't want to shut those things down. Absolutely either. not, and that's their decision. What I'm concerned about is, in my service area, that uh, we're sending a message with turf that's not used for anything but a visual effect, and to me, that's not an appropriate use of water. Part of the subsidy also goes for uh, low flush toilets and washing machines, and also for uh, landscaping of public areas and subsidies to get behavior where you want it. Right. We've been doing that for years. Uh, the conservation of water by Southern Californians has been really remarkable. Well, we've added 5 million people over the last 25 years and are not using any more water than we did back then. So I think that's truly remarkable. So the possible end of the drought doesn't mean that our water supply challenges are over. This, this is going to be a continuing uh, something that, that we live with in Southern California. That's right. Part of our water supply reliability comes from groundwater basins. They're not easily uh, refilled or put back into a state where they're uh, most productive for us. That's a long process. We need surface storage enabled that enables us to do that. The surface storage is filling very well right now, and we're putting as much water in the ground as we can, and we will continue to do that as long as we have this supply. Great. Well, we'll be continuing this wonderful conversation with Chairman Record, but first we have to pause for these messages. <clears throat> At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. 
Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com, the port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Over two miles away, straight up. Elevate your life at 8,500 feet on the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway, the world's largest rotating tram car. Spectacular views, pristine hiking, and exceptional dining. PSTramway.com. Dinner with a view or a view with dinner? You decide. Elevate your cravings at 8,500 feet on the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway. A one-of-a-kind experience. For more information, visit PSTramway.com. We're back continuing our conversation with Chairman Randy Reckon from the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California. Let's talk for a moment about uh, the California water fix, uh, which, for those that are not familiar with it, involves two large tunnels that will take water and bypass the Delta region and bring it down more safely to Southern California. What's the, what, what's the need for it, and what's the net position on the Cal fix. My position is in support of uh, this project. Um, we will make a decision later when we have uh, the final numbers about what the project will cost, what the cost share is, and how we finance it. Uh, I think it's really important. The state water project uh, is 50 years old. It's never had a, an improvement to it to bring it up to today's standards as far as uh, providing a reliable water supply while protecting the environment. To me, this is an environmental project. And we're separating the water that we export uh, from the fish so that um, they're not uh, lacking water, but we're taking water in places that are most appropriate so that we don't impact uh, the fisheries and uh, the estuary and the delta. Uh, it was never completed. Uh, in the beginning, it was envisioned that there would be canals that would that would do this. Now we think it's most appropriate and least intrusive if we use tunnels. So to me, it's an investment in a project that we already have. It's not a new water supply. It's uh, an acknowledgement that the environment is very important and we want to respect the environment, but we also need a reliable water supply. And uh, some of our audience knows, but others may not know, uh, a lot of the California water comes through, through the Delta and uh, there are dikes in the delta that, as you point out, are old and, and are subject to disruption in the event of an earthquake. And uh, uh, it, it presents a real threat to the water supply if something bad should happen in the delta region. And so these 
this California fix, these large uh, pipes uh, would, uh, would be a greater protection against uh, a mishap in the Delta region. That's right, but it's also an acknowledgement that our climate is changing and we are seeing sea level rise. Uh, the Delta is at sea level and a, a large portion of it is below sea level, which is a, a big threat if you have that earthquake that we think there's probably a 60% possibility of that happening. But as we see the oceans continue to rise, it's gonna impact our ability to keep that fresh water away from the ocean to export not only to Southern California, but to the Central Valley for agriculture. But in fairness, when you speak to people up in the Delta, they, they're, they're strongly opposed. They think that uh, we're stealing their war. We're getting their water if this happens. Right. And they're concerned uh, farming and other uses that they're not going to have the water that they need. Right. I understand that. Uh, on average, Metropolitan needs 4% of the water that flows through the Delta for, as I mentioned before, half the state's population. I don't think that's unreasonable. I tell people in Northern California, I don't want the water that you need. I want the water that you couldn't use. It's already gone past you. I mean, we're able to make it through the drought better than other areas of the state because we've invested heavily in supply and storage. So we have that water that otherwise would have been lost uh, to the ocean. We put that in storage and have it available for the last five years that we've seen uh, with the extraordinary drought. As we both know, water is a fascinating field and there are so many competing equities for water. No one has a, a monopoly on the truth in their agricultural interests as well, you know, as a farmer and there's environmental concerns and of course urban needs. And it seems to some of us that the, the only true way out of this whole thing is to have a, a macro view of things where, where everyone's at the table and they take consideration uh, of the other's legitimate needs and right. come to a, a grand solution to this thing. I agree. I think in the past there was a perception that it was urban against ag. Those days are long gone. We work very closely with ag. But now I think there are three components to, to water uh, needs and that is urban ag and the environment. I think they all are important, uh, none more important than the other. But I do believe that we have a standard for urban use and more so for ag use that you need to use that water appropriately. And in my mind, we're not really doing that for the environment. We're taking water in the name of the environment without the habitat to go with it. That's not good use of water. We need standards for everyone. Use the water in the best way possible. And apropos of that, uh, other conservation measures that can be taken besides uh, five-minute showers as we advertise in Long Beach and, and other communities, uh, water recycling and water reclamation. Could you speak to those? Well, certainly. I mean, my district, Eastern Municipal Water District, a member agency, we have four reclamation plants. We recycle all of our water. It's really the backbone of agriculture for our community. Uh, and Metropolitan is pushing forward on getting involved more directly with recycled projects. We have a pilot program with LA County Sanitation District to build a treatment plant, ultimately probably the biggest one in the country, that will recycle water that is now being discharged to the ocean, make it available for recharge of groundwater basins in Southern California, which is truly a very reliable supply. We're very excited about that. So technology is clearly going to play an important role in the future of water. Certainly. 
Okay, we'll continue this great conversation with Chairman Record. But first, we have to pause for these messages. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. We're back with this wonderful conversation with Chairman Randy Record, and uh, we want to get a little up close and personal with the chairman, but first, we have this wonderful video that uh, the Met brought us, and let's take a look. The problem is to get the water from the Colorado River to L.A., and, you know, we're in desert down here, and without what they did, uh, starting in 1928 when you were formed, uh, and built this incredible series of aqueducts and pipes that bring the water from the Colorado River to your faucet. Let's take a look. It has been called one of the world's engineering wonders. The Colorado River Aqueduct carries water across the desert, over mountains, through tunnels and underground pipes to cities and communities throughout Southern California. The Colorado River Aqueduct supplements water from local sources and water from Northern California that flows through the State Water Project to meet the needs of Southern California's 19 million residents. In 1928, 13 cities joined together to form the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California to build the aqueduct that would provide the water needed to sustain their growing population and economy for generations to come. 
Today, the Metropolitan Water District consists of 26 public agencies that combined serve a 5,200 square mile service area that spans six Southern California counties. Metropolitan's Colorado River Aqueduct begins at Lake Havasu. Havasu is a Mojave Indian word meaning blue. Water is drawn out of the Colorado River at the Witsit Pumping Plant, the first of five pumping plants that lift the water a total of 1,617 feet before it begins its downhill trip in Southern California. Along the aqueduct route, the water travels through 63 miles of open canals, 92 miles of tunnels, 55 miles of underground concrete pipe, and 28 miles of pressurized tubes called siphons. Siphons pull the water under areas where an open canal could be damaged or destroyed by a flash flood. About two days and 242 miles after leaving Lake Havasu, the water reaches Lake Matthews near Riverside, where it flows by gravity to cities and communities throughout the region. The Colorado River Aqueduct is an essential public project of vital importance. Metropolitan is diligent in the maintenance, upkeep, and repair of the aqueduct. During winter months, when water demand is low, the aqueduct is shut down for up to two weeks for round-the-clock maintenance to keep it in top condition. Shutting down the aqueduct also allows Metropolitan to dry out and kill invasive quagga mussels. These tiny shellfish were unintentionally transported from Europe in the ballast water of ocean-going ships. They spread throughout the Great Lakes and now have invaded the Colorado River system, threatening the proper functioning of Metropolitan's complex system. The Colorado River Aqueduct is more important than ever. Pumping restrictions due to environmental degradation in Northern California's Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta limit the water that Southern California receives from the State Water Project. This makes the Colorado River Aqueduct an even more essential regional asset. To learn more about Southern California's water resources, visit mwdh2o.com. Randy, a pretty dramatic uh, illustration of what, uh, what the Met does. Really remarkable project. Well, let's spend a moment up close and personal with you. Uh, you're, you're, you're a farmer, your family's been in farming. Uh, tell us the perspective of a farmer. Well, it's hard to farm in Southern California without wondering about water and being concerned about it. Uh, my family has been in San Jacinto, which is not too far from here, for uh, well over 100 years. And uh, agriculture is what we've always done. So uh, I'm proud to continue that uh, tradition of our family. Uh, my dad was a uh, county supervisor who then was elected to the Eastern Board and also served at Metropolitan. I was elected to take his place at Eastern 16 years ago, and I've been on the Met Board for 14 years. So it's been a, a really great experience for me, and a, a really a, feel fortunate to have been able to do that. And your dad, uh, Clayton Record Jr., there's uh, uh, a viewpoint at the Diamond Lake Reservoir named in his honor. Right, he uh, enjoyed going out to the lake and watching the construction and from the west end there's a hill that uh, he liked to spend time up there and uh, proud to see his name on that. And of course you are uh, serving your second term as chairman of the Met Board and uh, um, as you mentioned you were uh, elected in 2003 and I guess this is your third year uh, on the, as chair. That's correct. Second term. Um, 
let's just talk a little bit about the future. Uh, we, uh, we, we need creative solutions to, uh, to these problems. Uh, you would agree that perhaps we, we're in a situation of permanent uh, undersupply or over-demand independent of the drought and then with climate change thrown in also. Uh, speak to that. Well, there's a lot of challenges and as I said, a lot of opportunities. What's interesting to me is the Colorado River, which is one of our base supplies. Uh, there are seven states and uh, Mexico and various Indian tribes that are that are making use of 15 million acre feet of water. Whereas in California, we have 32 million acre feet all by ourselves. So the more we can rely on uh, an appropriate supply from Northern California, the more we can make available our supplies on the Colorado River. There is no new water supply on the Colorado River. So it's important that we uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Metropolitan works very well with uh, not only lower basin states, but but all the basin states. Uh, we've been working really proactively for several years for shortage sharing, which with uh, the year we're having now, looks like we may put that off for three or four years, which is uh, truly remarkable. So uh, for Metropolitan, we want to shore up the reliability of our imported supplies, whether it's state water project or Colorado River supplies. But we know going forward that we'll meet our growth with the local supplies. So our work with recycled water, our work with conservation, uh, we have a very robust local resource project program that my district, Eastern, has taken advantage of to improve and expand our recycled water distribution system, which has been really helpful for us. And I know for many years, uh, California was able to get more than their allotted portion of Colorado River because other states weren't using theirs, Arizona, Nevada to name a couple, but with the growth and development of Phoenix and Las Vegas, they reclaimed their rightful share of Colorado River and brought California down to what it should have been getting all along, but it was getting bonus because they weren't using it. That, that's correct. We had the facilities in place and we were utilizing that water. It was a really great asset for all the basins in the Met service area. Great while it lasted. <laughs> Those days are gone, but we've replaced that with uh, programs with farmers along the Colorado River and the Palo Verde Valley. We have a, a really good uh, water following program on, on the farms, which has allowed us to store water in Lake Mead, which we never had before, really helped us get through this drought. So we're keeping our aqueduct full by programs like that, uh, voluntary programs with, with the local. And in the couple of minutes we have left, speak for a moment about desalinization. There's a lot of talk about that. Some communities like Carlsbad have gone ahead right. with a billion dollar plan. Uh, other communities are looking at it. But uh, the cost of uh, creating water through desal is still uh, higher than the, the open market cost of water. It, it's very expensive, very energy intensive. Energy is a big issue for all of us. We know that. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that at my district, Eastern, we do groundwater desal. We have brackish basins that, uh, again, through the help of Metropolitan, we're able to put in uh, desalinization facilities, uh, turn a waste into a resource, protect good groundwater basins. Uh, these are the sort of programs that we're going to have to utilize going forward. Well, Randy, we've come to the end of this half hour. Thank you so much. Uh, our audience appreciates what 
you do and continue to do and what your family has done in the, in the desert area. And I thank you for joining us here in Straight Talk. Thanks, thanks Art. My pleasure. Okay, and thank you guys for watching at home. Please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. Special thanks to the following for their assistance in bringing you this show. The Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, the Urban Water Institute, the Coachella Valley Water District, West Basin Municipal Water District, and the Long Beach Water Department.